This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Get $50 off select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and using promo code PCPer at checkout. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 514, being recorded on September 19th, 2018. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malentano. Welcome to the show. Uh, PC Perspective is a website where we do computer hardware stuff, do reviews, do, do news. Uh, we do this video and this podcast every week. PCPer.com slash podcast is where you can go to find uh, ways to subscribe, see all the links that we'll talk about, uh, stuff like that. Uh, we do record it on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at PCPer.com slash live. We record it. I'm sorry, we live stream it while we record it so that if you want to participate and hang out in the chat room, ask questions, have funny input, see the pre-show and the post-show, you're welcome to do so. And uh, if you need a gentle reminder, we have a mailing list for you at pcper.com slash subscribe. If you go that, go to that URL, you get this page here. All you need is a, a name and an email address. You can make up the name. It turns out it doesn't really matter. All we really need is an email address. Uh, and we'll send you a notification the night we're going to do a live stream. So if we do one here, if we do one for any special events, we'll uh, make sure you know about it as well. Um, to try to remember the button presses. We do have our Patreon campaign ongoing. That is at patreon.com slash PCPer. This is your place to come in. Uh, if you want to be a regular monthly financial contributor to the website, if you like the podcast that we do, you like the articles that we do, uh, you like the mailbags, things like that. This is your ability to essentially donate a dollar or three or five or 10 or $20 a month, whatever you think uh, we are worth. And I promise I won't think any less highly of anybody that makes a contribution of a dollar or $20 or $1,000. Although $1,000, maybe if maybe you're more special. Probably you're more special if you're doing that. Uh, but we really appreciate that. If you do a uh, an ad blocker or something like that, you feel like, eh, I like these guys, but I don't want to see their ads. Totally get it. Buck a month, three bucks a month will be great. If you do $3 a month um, minimum or $3 a month or above, we send you the, the YouTube links to the post show as well. So if you don't catch it live, you can still see what dumb crap we said before or after after said show. Um, we have our uh, merch store up at joshtech.com, J-O-S-H-T-E-K-K.com. This is still version 1.0. We're still working on version 2.0 with RTX enabled. Um, mm -hmm. which is uh, something we'll talk about later. Uh, you can get a, you can get t-shirts here from death wish raid to the PC perspective logo. You can get your Josh tech, uh, t-shirt, uh, poster mug, etc. All of this, obviously proceeds go to us. It's not a huge amount of profit here. This is just something fun in case you guys want to support the site in a different way. Don't want to do Patreon and whatnot. Um, and uh, I have yet to see anybody walking around uh, Northern Kentucky wearing a hot dog down a hallway shirt. So I'm a little disappointed in that. Really? I'm relieved. <laughs> uh, maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll get that. But, but the, today is not that day. What today is, though, is the launch of the reviews of the NVIDIA GeForce RTX cards, the 2080. But you know, it's not important. Can we just skip over to the other news? Yeah, There's nothing to talk to about here. It's really boring. It's, it's just not, you know, I, you know, I don't think it appeals to our, our core, uh, not Nobody's dynamic, interested, is that what you think? Demographic. No, we, we're, we only want rumors. Yeah. 
Mm, okay, we don't want actual content. We want the rumors of said content. You got it. Okay. Well, yeah, so rumor let's has start it. off with something I heard the other day. Uh-huh. Did a Skype freeze? No. No, oh, he just thinks he's funny. No. <laughs> it was almost convincing. It was. It's really funny. It's actually pretty good. Uh, let's start out with the rumor that Ken posted a review of the RTX 2080 and the RTX 2080 Ti. Uh, Ken, how many times did you accidentally type GTX instead of RTX? Actually, I was thinking about this. I, I did right at the end. I Not really. It wasn't a constant thing. I'm yeah, amazed. All right, all right. So uh, how do we want to go through this discussion? Did, do we didn't, did we talk about the architecture at all yet? Do we want to do the architecture first and then come back to talk about the review? What, what makes the most sense? Did we talk about the architecture piece? Nope, we didn't. Oh, because it wasn't that, out that was, last week. It was yet. just a few days ago. Yeah, right. It was Friday. Let me. Here we go. Let me go. Ta-da! Now we're on this story. What subset? Yeah. Um, so Magic. we know a little bit about the RTX architecture, the Turing GPU architecture, uh, but there was a lot more that kind of was released now that we got the white paper and the reviewer's guide and all this information came out. Um, so other than that, we know that it's a GPU with more shader cores, uh, RT cores, and Tensor cores. What the hell is different, Josh? You want to do? You want Josh to do this part? Josh, can Josh you can, can you handle this? Tell me a little bit about uh, what's what's changed, Josh. Is it is it better? Is it faster? Gosh, maybe a few things have changed. Okay, I mean Ken did write about this. He's a smart guy. Yeah, but he's got to talk about but, the review part. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine. Um. Let's see if I can remember all the stuff that I read about last week, but, you know, in, in all my drug-induced haze and, <laughs> and alcohol abuse that I may not remember everything. So we'll help. Uh, they've done some some serious work all around. So the first thing that kind of pops out is caches and memory accesses. Um, you know, memory and, and that is is absolutely key for any kind of performance. You've got to have fast access to memory and, and the caches and the regular memory are part of that. Right. Because if you can't get the data to the computational units, you're just not going to be doing it. You're spinning your wheels. You're not doing anything. And so they have a much more flexible, much more granular um, way to, to access memory. And they have a lot more cache in the chip. So remember right. many years ago, I think it was Tim Sweeney or somebody was talking about, you know, CPUs are, you know, small execution units, but a lot of cash because of the way it works. And GPUs are a lot of logic and very small cash. Well, that's starting to kind of coalesce in that there's so much computational resources in these GPUs that they need the memory so, so terribly badly. And so they've increased the size of the L1s. They've increased the size of L2s. They've, uh, improved how the units talk to each other, not only, you know, uh, shared caches, but also to the main memory. And so these things are, are, are greatly improved. Mm. Um, also, the second thing is when you're doing int and float, previous generations, if you were doing one or the other, it would kind of block each other off. Yeah. And so you couldn't do them concurrently. That's not the case with this. So if, if you do, you know, int 8, int 4 uh, type work, it's, you know, when you're doing a float, uh, you know, FP32, FP64, whatever. It's not going to interfere with that. And so you're doubling your throughput, not on any one single thing, 
but on you know in, in if you do any kind of mix mode any kind of uh you know but that includes ints and floats you're not going to have one blocking off the other and you're going to have better throughput of the solid so programmers can take advantage of this if they have complex uh, applications that will actually utilize in four and in eight at the same time they're doing kind of rendering in the more you know uh, you know, a, a partial precision float, uh, FP 16, 32, 64, uh, all these things will, will kind of be running together. And so on top of that, then you've got your RTX cores and your tensor cores added in. And so they've kind of adjusted so many things in here that even in regular, you know, previous generation, uh, type workloads that, that don't, that don't, uh, you know, utilize tensor cores or right. the RTX cores, they're getting better performance per clock because they've really cleaned up a lot of the stuff in, in each of these. Now, that's running on, uh, what is it, uh, TSMC's uh, 12 nanometer, uh, 12 FFN, I think right. it's called, because it was developed with NVIDIA in mind that they kind of have a separate way of doing things. Huh. I don't know the details of that. So, Josh, did you see the rumors that came out this week about how this architecture was originally targeted towards Samsung 10 nanometer? Nanometer? No, I did not. It was one one quick line from a Japanese tech journalist. I didn't know if you had seen any more on that. I know I didn't really see any details on that. An interesting thought, nonetheless. It, it is, but you know what? NVIDIA is a big company. And they have a lot of engineers, and they probably have done a lot to minimize their risk of people screwing up on process technology. <laughs> and so they've probably done a little bit of homework on other process techs that could be potentially coming out. Um, and so I wouldn't doubt if they had seeds at other places like Global Foundries with their, you know, potential seven nanometer and and uh, TSMC with their seven nanometer and their 10 nanometer and their 12 nanometer stuff. And so, um, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they just, you know, year and a half, two years ago said, hey, this is this is our best bet. This is what looks to be uh, where we can have the most, you know, wafers uh, that we could buy for this time. And so, yeah, I mean, everybody's shopping around for process technology. And, uh, you know, the guys who are actually making the decisions have all the information available to them. Unlike us poor schlubs <laughs> who naturally eat off the scraps. But, yeah, I mean, uh, at a low level, NVIDIA has done a lot of work. And so, you know, I keep thinking back to GeForce 2 and GeForce 3. And GeForce 3 was not a huge improvement in overall performance. But once you enabled anti-aliasing and, of course, you had support for DX8, mm. then it was, it, was, it was a really good buy. It was a, a good product. Uh, it wasn't you know, extremely faster than the GeForce 2 Ultra, but it was in the same price range. And you got a lot more things. So once you turned on AA, it was, it was a whole new world. I mean, it was the first... NVIDIA multi-sampling AA unit. Uh, previously, the GeForce 2 was just super sampling, and it took a huge performance hit to do that. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of looking at not exactly the same situation, but very similar in that you've got something that does perform a little bit better, but it's got a ton more features. And even though those features are not widely available right now, we're seeing a pretty 
good roadmap of, of products that will support it in the very near future. Have I? No, that's good. I mean, can does anything else stand out to you in terms of like the SM design or the the per cord performance or anything? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, uh, they they Nvidia claims fifty percent improved performance per core. I think in our testing that that doesn't really pan out, right? Yeah, I mean, it, of course, if you take into account frequencies and stuff like that and the different core counts, it's kind of diff- difficult to normalize this to right. a flat 50% improvement, but it yeah. doesn't quite seem to be there. Uh, they did implement GDDR6, right, for the first time, running at 14 gigabits per second, um, which is a significant uplift over the stock 1080 Ti memory speed of 11 gigabits per second. Um, so that's that's impressive there. They've also, you know, they, they've done the typical, I, I, I say this and it almost sounds dismissive because I'm sure there's just thousands of hours that go into it, but they've... Coming up with new compression technologies yeah, to minimize exactly, the memory like uh, they, so, so mundane. This, yeah, like this graph here shows higher effective bandwidth and that's a combination of the memory clock performance, the move from G5X to G6 uh, and traffic reduction, which is the, hey, we figured out smart ways to either compress better or not have to move data mm-hmm. uh, in order to improve the effective uh, bandwidth of this stuff. And obviously, um, you know, we've talked about the RT cores and the tensor cores to some degree. The tensor cores, I think we feel like we've we've discussed a lot about Volta. They're not hugely different there. They've said that there are differences, but they haven't really gone into detail on what the changes uh, are. So they do implement support for int 8 and int 4, which okay. the Volta tensor cores didn't have. They're only... Uh, Single precision, okay. At floating point, so I mean, there's no real applications that use N8 or N4 in deep learning, because especially because there hasn't been accelerator hardware. Nvidia is kind of hoping that these lower precision data structures will allow, will find use in gaming where you don't necessarily need all of that precision. But it's just kind of a, you know, we could do it. We put it in here, and actually, the Tesla T4 that they announced, the deep learning acceleration card that they announced at GTC wherever that was, Japan, I think it was, Yes. Uh, last week, also supports Int2. So okay. it, it kind of seems they're at a point where they, they have the hardware that can kind of adapt to do different stuff, so they're kind of seeing what f- data formats will be successful sure. and go into the future. Just kind of throwing some stuff at the wall yeah. there. And then in terms of the RT cores, from the architectural standpoint, they again, they're not really diving into what the memory structure is what the compute structures are uh they basically have talking about what 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 kind of data they're accelerating uh in this case the uh bounding view hierarchy which is this this graph kind of demonstrates uh how you accelerate ray tracing uh through basically shrinking down for the smaller and smaller cubes in this 3d structure in order to to, to minimize the number of pixels you have to count against Right or measure? Well, no, against. it's just rapidly figuring out where yeah. the ray intersects. Trying to get to that pixel faster. You're trying to get to that. You're trying know. to figure out what rays I, intersect what triangles. Geometry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So not, that you can. Pixel, so like, you can then shade that pixel. Yeah. Um, and it's actually bounding volume, not bounding view. I'm fixing that typo in the okay. view Okay. Bounding right volume now. <laughs> hierarchy. Got it. Um, so, like, this is an algorithm that is well understood in ray tracing. It's there's a software emulation for it. That's why it can run on Pascal. That's why it can run on CPUs. And this is something that people have been doing for ray tracing in yeah. real world applications. It's just there hasn't been this dedicated hardware to accelerate that process. It's still way faster than brute force ray it's tracing. Cur- 
It is. Even in software emulation mode. Yeah. It, isn't BVH also used for a long time, I think, from Quake 1 for doing just standard uh, draw path calls? Was draw that, path calls? Do you mean know. like... I don't know. It was, it was, there was something about geometry and in-memory data structures. I could structures. see this being used for like uh, object collision detection mm. as yeah. well, right? And, and Fire video, a bullet type of thing. Yeah. And if you yeah. guys kind of left that open, they let... It's kind of like, well, we've built this hardware. Uh, if you can come up with something that uses similar data structures and this will accelerate, you right. can run it. Right. right. Like they will provide sort of the ability to to populate the RT cores with this BVH and process it. Right. Whatever the endpoint is, whether it's ray traced audio, which it's been talking about, ray traced video, lighting, you know, sort of whatever. But the hardware is there. Right. And so then you can see they, they shot, talk about how Turing ray tracing acceleration, how it accelerates uh, the the kind of cycling through that data structure. And it's important to note, if you look at the next graph, that this is running in parallel with the shaders. Right. This one here. Yeah. Yeah. Ray tracing being, you know, I, I wouldn't put too much in terms of how much die space these shaded blocks represent. Like I... I probably don't think the RT cores represent that much. Well, there's one of it. There's one maybe. RT core for every SM. Okay, but so. we don't know how big each RT core is. Sure, right? Like, real. yeah, that's that 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 whole. Okay, that that drives me nuts <laughs> because that yeah that functionality is nothing like that because it's all intertwined and intermixed, mm -hmm, and right. it's just it would be impossible to show. And so they're just like <laughs> they're just trying to yeah. If we just uh, I, slap a color over here, and well, and I, I asked specifically that those aren't actually functional units that we're describing. I actually I specifically asked for how much die space are the RT cores taking up versus mm -hmm. the tensor cores for scores. And they're like, yeah, we're not they're we're not, not <laughs> talking about that at all. So um, it's yeah. all you know what you, you need to go back and think. It's all just math. Sure. sure. Yeah, one plus yeah. one equals it is. four. And yeah. you know what? And certain structures inside there will do certain functions better. Yeah. But their roadmap, their, their, their stinking topographical map of, of how things work, it just... Everybody does it. Everybody does bananas. it. And, there, and there's value to that if, if it's accurate to, like, die-sized blocks, right? Yeah. yeah but, I mean, it's like, hey, this is a core. This is its cache. And, you know, we got that. But this is just, yeah. 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 Um, and then they, they summarize here, like, in terms of ray tracing performance, a 1080 Ti, it's, it's running the same thing, but it's in its quote-unquote emulated mode, capable of, you know, 1.1 gig arrays versus 10 plus gig arrays on the 2080 Ti, hence the 10x faster. So if you see any of those uh, extraordinary claims, that's probably... That's probably what we're talking about. Uh, we've went over we've gone over specifications before. I think most of them when we when we did the first reveal story, as you can see, you know, twenty eight Ti four thousand three hundred fifty two CUDA cores, GPU cores, um, which is a healthy bump over ten eighty Ti that had thirty five eighty four base clocks are pretty good. The boost clocks are are higher as well. The RTX twenty eighty actually has really high clock speeds to go along with everything. Um, 8 gigs of memory and 11 gigs of memory on the bigger card. 256-bit um, versus 352-bit memory interfaces. 
215 versus 250 watt TDPs, although the Founders Editions are a little bit higher out of the box, which I think is kind of interesting. And uh, 13.6 billion transistors versus 18.6 billion transistors. Like 50% more. It's a giant die, by the way, too. So can uh, run it up to a nice, there's nice, some, nice 17. Yeah, there's some NV <laughs> scanner stuff there for overclocking, NV link. We'll talk about all this as we uh, as we kind of go through as well. Um, Ken embedded some videos that show the ray tracing capabilities and, and um, some of the demos that they yeah. showed us when we were at Gamescom last, was that last month? Something Earlier like this that. month? Not one last of those month. things. I don't know. I, I think we can move on to the Yeah, the I want to move now. on to the review. But before we move on to the review, because we've been talking about this crap for so long, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I'm going to put the ad in right here, Alex. Sorry to screw you up. We'll figure it out. This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast. Nope, hold on. This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is sponsored by Casper. It is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. And you're going to need that when you try to go through all of our content for the RTX series. And you're going to need it when you're up gaming so late that you're going to need a good night's sleep if you're going to try to try to get up and go to work the next day. Uh, Casper mattresses are designed by humans for humans. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Casper's breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulate your body temperature throughout the night. Nobody likes, uh, you know, kicking the covers off and on. Uh, as as the night progresses. They're not just a mattress company. Casper offers a wide array of products to ensure an overall better sleep experience. They're all made in the USA. And buying the Casper is really easy. You can order online. It's delivered to your door in a compact box with free shipping and free returns to the U.S. and Canada. We have Casper mattresses in our house, and I can tell you that uh, both in our bedroom and in the guest bedroom, people love them. They ask about the mattress pretty frequently. Um, and we tell them you can ha- you too can have a, ca- a box with a mattress shipped to your house, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you can watch it expand and decompress in real time. And you know your kids will love it. The dogs will probably freak out, but uh, you know it happens. Uh, you can have you can. And the best part is you can try a Casper mattress risk free hundred day trial. Uh, and considering considering we spend one third of our lives on a mattress, it's important to truly sleep on a mattress before committing. That's why they give you that one hundred nights. Uh, a free trial for $50 towards a select mattress by visiting casper.com slash PC per and using promo code PC per at checkout terms and conditions do apply. Again, that's 50 bucks towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash PC per and using promo code PC per at checkout. And we thank Casper for their continued support of the PC perspective podcast. Now, Let's talk about the RTX 2080 and 2080 Ti reviews that went up today. Ken, first off, let me ask you this. How do you like the new Founders Edition? They're surprisingly nice. I don't think the photos and renders do them justice. They look kind of cheap and a little plasticky in the in the renders that NVIDIA has, I think. Yeah. But they're very solid in many different ways. Like They're, they're heavy. They are? They're yep. some heavy-ass graphics cards. Partly due to sort of the full metal shroud, partly due to the full length vapor chamber and fin stack. There's a lot of cooling capacities on these cards, yeah. and it just kind of adds up to a lot of heft. Don't uh, shut your system down after benchmarking and immediately try to grab this card and pull it out. 
Yeah, who would do that multiple it, times a day? I think the hot. previous ones did that too, though. Not that not much. as much. There's no, <laughs> there's, no really. There's nowhere Definitely to grab not them. as much. That's the problem. So, just so you're kind of like the uh, the yeah. Jurassic Park lawyer, right? I don't, I'm trying to remember the reference. What does the lawyer do? Uh, lawyer. He's, he's sitting it's in there, the and it's like, the "Hey, toilet? look what I found! Is that heavy? Oh, yes. Yes. Then put, put it, it down. Back. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah, these are expensive. You know, because the whole. You know the whole housing's metal, now. right? It's not like you could find some little plastic bit. To, so to they grab. got they went away from blower, went to the dual axial. Um, at first, when I saw it, I was like, I, I thought eh, it's certainly is, grown on me. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't as impressed. I thought, man, I can't believe you went with the design like everybody else has gone with. Oh, then I know their system integrators loved and require the blowers for like the small form factor mm -hmm. cases, like the Tiki um, we just gave away. But they were kind of like, hey, just go away, deal with it, somebody else. But I would say in person and and using the card and holding it, yes, it is it is way better than I expected it to uh, be. According to what Steve at Gamer 6 has found, apparently it's very, very easy to get apart. I oh, can't, yeah, yeah. I can't super, <laughs> super easy. I can't understate how easy it is. Maybe not so difficult. Maybe not only, so easy only to put back together. Only about 70 screws, yeah. heat gun required. Well, yeah, sounds great. You can get... The heatsink assembly. It, off. Yeah, you could detach the heatsink assembly from the PCP if you want to put on a water block pretty yeah. easily. But if you actually, for some reason, wanted to try to actually get the fan assembly apart, uh -huh. apparently yeah. very, very difficult. In terms of outputs, you've got three DisplayPort, one HDMI. It is not HDMI 2.1. No. Right? So people who are asking that. And then this USB Type C connector is actually Virtual Link. Which I heard somebody in a in a review today call a proprietary link. It's not. It's actually quite the opposite. It's 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 yeah, a it's a, a standard, standard right? It's so, a standard that somehow all of these competitors yeah. work together on. Yeah, it's actually kind of surprising. Um, the twenty eighty is an eight pin plus six pin. The twenty eighty Ti is an dual eight pin connector, right? Mm -hmm. um, SLI is gone. NV Link is in. Although they're still calling it SLI. They're calling the. The pairing of two GPUs together, yeah. SLI. Um, but the interface is But NV the interface Link. is now NVLink, and it's you know double the bandwidth on the 2080 Ti than it is on the 2080. Yeah. So again, so we don't have two cards to test it. We don't have a bridge to test it. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody did. Yeah. We, as we split reviews. some hairs here. Sure. Yeah. So SLI originally was scanline interleave. interleave. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's multi-GPU. Uh-huh. And I know back when I was playing around with the six, uh, six series and seven series cards, uh, dual, um, you could change it from AFR, SLI, yep. and some various different types. AFR of and SFR, split frame and alternate frame. Yep. Mm -hmm. Is that still the case or is not, it just? Not really. Like the, um, started with, with DX12 and Vulkan, the multi-GPU stuff changed a lot. There's like three different modes and I don't remember the names of them now, but there implicit, are. Explicit, explicit. There's mm -hmm. like implicit, Explicit, but then there's a subdivision yeah. of one of them, and it, it, the the old way where the driver kind of was responsible for handing all of it is pretty much gone, right? Um, with with some rare exceptions, and it's more up to the game developer to handle how that workload gets distributed, which in theory sounds better, but in reality <laughs> is worse because the game developers have really little uh, initiative to do anything like that. From the GPU side, NVIDIA had initiative because if they could get scaling up, they could sell Allen two cards, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> but if they can't, then it's like, eh, nobody, you know, if nobody's really doing it, then what's then kind of what's the point? Um, and and, and we don't really know. In theory, like NVLink wasn't created for art, these RTX cards. It was created for the data center, the enterprise space. It does. It's it's way higher bandwidth. Uh, it allows you to like essentially share memory across yeah. the different graphics cards in a way that you. 
couldn't with SLI before. Yeah. And so there's the potential that multi-GPU has some kind of renaissance with this, but I, uh, I SLI just wasn't, don't see it. SLI wasn't meant for sharing memory at all. No. Over the interface. It no, was no. only meant for sharing the dis like the stream to the display. Right, right. Yeah. It was basically frame right. output to yeah. the other GPU. And, and there's an important distinction to note here. Just because you're moving to NVLink doesn't mean that your 4K 60 hertz panel is suddenly going to see better scaling. The additional no. bandwidth for NVLink is to enable things like 8K and 8K surround. Right. They're for like SLI. future proofing. Yeah. If you if you it's had just, it's just more pixels. If you had an SLI bridge, uh, an HB yeah. high bandwidth bridge. Yeah. It was doing. It could do 4K 60. Yeah. Yep. Right. It wasn't a problem. It was when you go 4K 120 or 8K. Yeah. That it had issues, and I'm pretty sure none of you guys listening to me were doing 8K gaming. And oh, I weird. Think, and I think Maybe. the NVLink is way, way more bandwidth. It is. It's, than, oh, it is. More. it's like 100 like, gigabytes per second it, yeah. bidirectional or mm -hmm. something yeah, like that. Like yeah. so much I think more that's the, I think that's the dual that's the link on the 2080 Ti. It's 50 on the 2080, yeah. but still, right. it's a shit ton of bandwidth. Uh, so I think the founders cards are actually pretty nice. Uh, we did get in an EVGA, an MSI, and an Asus uh Partner card, which we have a couple of these here. And they're all I, have, like, I have the EVGA like 2080. Triple, they're all like triple slot. Really, That's, this big. is a lot of big graphics cards. 2.75 slot. Yeah. Thank you. You get that other quarter slot to do with whatever you want. I, it's triple. <laughs> so I want you to make an M.2 adapter that sits in a quarter slot now. Yeah, and it's, somehow it's, it's like two and three quarters underneath the thing. Yes, exactly. It's definitely two and three quarters, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so we'll be taking a look at those in the near term, but we just wanted to get, obviously, the, the Founders Edition, and from a time perspective, that's kind of where we were at. And an interesting thing to note is that the Founders Edition is technically, well, NVIDIA, according to NVIDIA, overclocked. So there's right. a 90 megahertz that's overclock That's the first time it's been their, this way. You're right. So if I go reference speeds. If I go back here to the slide or to the specs, you'll see that uh, under base, under the boost here, there's, you know, 1710 is the reference boost clock of mm -hmm. the RTX 2080, but 1800 is the Founders Edition. Mm -hmm. Which, it's going to be interesting to, if, to see if any graphics card ever ships at that reference speed, because even a blower... Oh, I think we figured out that some of them are going to have to. So... Right? Why? Because they can't be factory overclocked. So, but wait, so they say, so they say <laughs> that it's 1800 Founders. Does that mean that that's where it stops, or no? That's that's. Is it able to go even higher than no, that? No, it goes higher than that. That's okay. like the typical minimum boost. typical boost okay. clock. Same, the same, the uh, the definitions are the same as they were the previous generation, okay. right? But now the Founders Edition is not reference, and and I think that's fair. The Founders Editions were more expensive in the 10 series than the base pricing, yeah, which was you never really saw it, right? And I don't know if you ever see it here, but it's more expensive than the base pricing, so it should be overclocked, right? So they wanted to be more competitive in so, that in that. So landscape. go 1710 if you had a blower, a single fan blower. Design. I mean, even then, like... <laughs> even then, it was higher than that. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. really was. Um, benchmarks, Ken, let's start at 3D Mark. What'd you see here? Uh, 3D Mark shows pretty good scaling, as you might expect from a synthetic benchmark. Uh, gains of, I think it's 50%. 50% between, between the 10 series and the RTX, so that's 1080 to 2080 and 1080 Ti to 2080 Ti. Yeah, and the 2080 to 1080 Ti is 15%, so pretty yeah. healthy gains there. So I, that might be worth saying before we talk about any, anything else about performance, that there are a couple of comparisons to make. One is 1080 to 2080, and that is like generational. Mm -hmm. What That's what NVIDIA wants you to compare, 1080 to 2080, because it has the same name to it, right? And, and not pay attention to the price. Well, none of the prices matter really anyway, because <laughs> in reality, what the comparison is, is the RTX 2080 versus the GTX 1080 Ti. Yep. And that 
And even that is kind of not price comparative because the RTX 2080 FE is still higher price. It's true. Than the GTX 1080 Ti. But it's closer. But it's closer. Yeah. But I, I think from a from a historical standpoint, that has traditionally been what happens is the, you know, when the when the 1080 came out, it was X percent faster than the 980 Ti. Mm-hmm. When the 980 came out, it was X percent faster than the 780 Ti. When the 780 came out, it was X percent faster than the there was no 680 Ti. Was okay. there? No. 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 So, but like over the last two or three generations, we've kind of had this cadence. Mm-hmm. So. That's what you compare. And then the tw- RTX 2080 Ti, you just compare to, to 1080 Ti because you don't have a choice, right? Um, Unigen superposition, another kind of synthetic test. You start to see the beginnings of a, of a pattern here. And this is where the RTX yeah. 2080 and the 1080 Ti are pretty close in performance with the 2080 Ti uh, jumping out way ahead, right? Um. Yeah, so actually these tables at the end of every graph set are are really useful for you to just see that metric. So you can see that the RTX 2080 is 33% faster than the GTX 1080, but you know, 1% slower essentially even with the 1080 Ti, the Vega 64 not faring great in that particular test. Yeah. Uh Far Cry 5, you tell me Ken, which which benchmarks you want to look at, which ones, couple of them that stand out. Uh I think this first page is pretty indicative of the overall experience. To be honest, if we go through these. So, I mean, Far Cry 5, we see a 31% boost going from the 1080 Ti to the 2080 Ti. But again, going comparing the 1080 Ti to the 2080, it's about 2.5-3%. So really kind of a wash there in performance. We see a... We actually see pretty impressive scaling with Vulcan and Wolfenstein oh, yeah. 2. 44% comparing the TI cards and 12% comparing the 1080 Ti to the 2080. Oof. I, I noticed uh, on sort of all of the reviews today across the board, Wolfenstein 2 was one of the best titles for scaling with this generation. So in that case, the RTX 2080 is 12% faster than the 1080 Ti. Yeah. And the 2080 is twice as fast as a 1080. Or the 2080 Ti is twice as fast as a oh, 1080. Oh, yeah. yeah there you which go. is an interesting metric. Doesn't yeah. really mean a whole lot, but... No. Progress. This was the only Vulcan game we really test. Um, it's kind of really one of the only ones. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ashes of Singularity, more CPU bottlenecked than GPU bottlenecked, maybe? Even at 4K? Uh, for the most part, yeah. There's a 10% performance gap between the TI cards in favor of the 2080 Ti. Yeah. But eight. The... 2080 is 7% slower than mm. the 1080 Ti in this title. Okay. Uh, real quick, we'll just run through like F1. If you look at that 2080 to 1080 Ti, 5% difference, but a, uh, where am I looking? 36% faster for the 2080 Ti over the 1080 Ti. Uh, 4% slower there. So the red indi- indicative of uh, whoops type uh, type result there. Yeah. Two percent, pretty pretty even. So, uh, I mean, if you take overall the comparing the 1080i to the RTX 2080, it's anywhere from negative five to about seven or eight percent performance. Hitman is 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 on the high end. Hitman yeah. DX12 is eleven percent faster, yeah. for example. Yeah. And then comparing the 1080i to the 2080ti, it's about thirty to forty percent, forty five percent, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And Hitman here, it's forty two percent. Yeah. So pretty. A pretty a pretty good pull there. Um, <clears throat> the let's see, 
we did we did look at so Nvidia so that's that's kind of your current generation performance right uh, as we look there's no games that take advantage of DLSS today there are no games that take advantage of ray tracing today Nvidia did I think more for this launch than I have seen in really any other launch tried to provide demos and use cases and examples of how these technologies would be integrated right so for example they passed out um, a modified version of the Final Fantasy 15 benchmark that includes DLSS, the deep learning super sampling uh, capability that is enabled by the tensor cores and the AI inference capability on these devices. Um, the demo itself, not fantastic. It has it's a got, lot of GameWorks features in it, which it, makes it kind of dubious for benchmarking. Yeah. We, the version we had, we didn't even get to change graphical settings. It was just a bat file for DLSS and a bat file for TAA. Yeah. Not the best. Right, which is why we don't... Was there any visual difference? Not there, performance, there was but actually, looking at it. I, I saw a pretty good example of... If you scroll up, actually, I think we might be in the right scene. No, we're not. So the first scene of this benchmark is backing up that car like onto a trailer, like off of a trailer, I think. Yep. And you can actually see the back window is anti is has a lot of jaggies on the TAA version, but doesn't on the DLSS version. Okay. Oh, okay. Because you're essentially getting super sampling quality out of DLSS, whereas TAA it's sort of trying to figure right. it out on the fly. And glass is kind of a weird thing for that. Yeah, so transparency. transparency tends to be complicated. So is DLSS like in theory closer to the frame rate you'd get if you just had AA off? I mean, that yes, the, that's that's yeah. the goal, right? Okay. Right. It, it's not. It's not. I'm just trying to making gain. it. It's not going to improve your frame rate over no AA, right? So yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. Sure. your sure. That's your that's your limit. Your, yeah, your ceiling or whatever. Right. But like, I was just wondering, like, is that closer to basically yeah. no impact? I mean, that's that's what this is. Essentially, the TAA versus DLSS comparison is what you see here. And that's a pretty significant performance boost yeah. for what NVIDIA says will be equivalent or better image quality. Mm -hmm. We need more games. We need to be able to spend time with it and, and do comparisons. And even, even these kind of pre-baked benchmarks, you know, as Ken pointed out to me earlier today, it's really easy to train a neural net or anti-aliasing mm -hmm. when it's a fixed path. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not an open world. You don't, you don't have to, to train for every case, right? right yeah, the right. other DLSS demo they provided was the UE infiltrator demo, which is the yep. same thing. It's, it's, it's a fixed camera it's sweep auto run throughout through. a scene. Yep. Yeah. So this, I mean, these numbers did, are actually... Let me, let me ask you yeah. a real quick question. Sure. Did you look at power consumption um, in between the AA and the DL? SS. We we looked at it for ray tracing. Yeah, I don't think I, we did actually, for DLSS. What, we, we looked at it for the Star Wars demo, which is the next thing we're going to talk about, which I believe does use both the RT cores and the tensor cores. And it seemed to be the same as a gaming workload. Yeah, it was within, within 5 to 10 watts or yeah. so. Yeah, it's just, it's because I'm just thinking that that you know, you're know you doing this rendering, you're not doing AA on it, which requires sure. other passes and whatnot, but you are utilizing more functionality of a gpu mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm curious what kind of power consumption you would hope that i would hope that they would have designed it in a way that if you aren't utilizing the rt or the tensor cores that you have a little bit more thermal headroom than on the cuda cores right that that you're not kind of wasting that mm -hmm. that well, you so maybe it's, it's more power headroom in the case of what right. we've seen on these is they tend to hit their power limit more 
like way more often than they're hitting their thermal limit. Uh, yes, I would think that's. Yeah, a, I, like I, was, I was watching it, and it was always you know every time I saw it limiting based on anything, it was always limit based on power. Right. Yeah. So. So like I think these numbers are a a, a good sign, but. Until we see this in real games, and and to be fair, I'll show when we go to the conclusion page. I'll show you there's like there's a big list of games that will support DLSS and some that will support support ray tracing, but they're now, just not here today. Does the game absolutely have to support it like at the game level, or can yes. they add this with like? No, it, ha no. it has to be because the the way the way it works is, Nvidia develops the um, the AI model. Yeah, with they do training on their on the server side with their machines right right right, right. They're, they're doing 64x super sampling at 8k resolution okay that's the ground truth level and they try to match that and then they train this neural net mm -hmm. and then they send that result down to as part of the driver package as part of gfe i think yeah, right GFE. with this okay so it's via GFE. so the game has to integrate support for it okay right so it, just it, it has to know thing. how to call that model and get okay. back the yeah. results okay yeah all right, so the results are coming via GFE, well, or the, 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 the profile is coming yes, yeah, essentially. via GFE. Yeah. All right. So it's not like something you just turn on and it's going gonna, it's gonna to magically... But, but it's something that potentially, like if something has some weird artifact or something in some game, then maybe they can push out an update via GFE. They could. Or, they yeah, could. Okay, okay. Yes, they could. Yep. You don't have to wait for them to update the game. Yeah, all, all you need in the game is sort of the basic API hooks to call, to send the data to the to neural net and get the image back. Okay. Right. Right, because it doesn't, and, the and then all the neural the net stuff itself. is through gotcha. GFE and can be updated. Uh, we did this. We they gave out the Star Wars reflection demo, which Ken and I are both surprised with, both because it's just sending out Star Wars assets. Yeah, and uh, it does look really good. Yeah, not a, not, not it looks you know, better in person than it did watching it over the stream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, so <laughs> out of the box, the demo is locked at twenty four frames a second. You can unlock it. It doesn't turn off VSync, so we can't really get great performance numbers off of it. Yeah. I will say even with the 2080 Ti at 4K, it was it was just above 24 yeah. when I unlocked the frame rate. It was in the in the 30s. Yeah. So this is kind of it the limit. A lot. Of and you what can it run can this right on now. a GTX 1080 and Ti, right? I didn't I haven't actually tried. I think I saw I, th I saw some yeah. people some people do we, it. We got it late enough that yeah. I haven't tried it yet. I mean, that's pretty good considering it's basically like you're watching a movie. I mean, it's pretty it looks, good. It looks really damn good. It's pretty good. good. Yeah. Uh, and then 3D Mark has a ray tracing benchmark coming up from the UL UL group, but this is just a preview, so we weren't allowed to show under. Did they even give results? No. Okay. It's it, just a it, demo of very a very shiny second, spaceship. It's a yeah. twenty second demo. Okay. I, I think they're over the top with the shininess. Well, but that's they, they what should happens. be right. I guess that's what happens. It's like the spaceship is just literally a mirror. Like, it's not even, <laughs> there's not even texture to the thing. You've it's seen just, people driving around with mirror wraps on their cars. I it happens. I guess. What was the uh, the Disney movie, uh, Flight of the Navigator? Yes. Yeah. It looks like Flight of the Navigator. And that was a cool-ass movie. It was, yeah. You're right. Yeah. But it was like back then they could do the CG just enough to have the purely yeah. reflective thing. Like, they couldn't put texture on it. It took four <laughs> days per frame. Yeah. For Flight of the Navigator? I don't know. I just made that up. I'm oh. just saying. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, let's look at power consumption real quick. We did uh, our tip. We did our. Oops, sorry. Uh, we did our. F11. No, I clicked that link. The we did our our at the card power measurements through the PCIe slot through the power connectors. Uh, this is not system level power. And uh, you can kind of see some interesting stuff here. The 
2080 Ti is the yellow line here. So we're hovering just under 250, probably right at 250, maybe 245 watts straight across there. We're running Metro Last Light at 4K. This is just a game that typically maxes out the, the GPU in terms of its power draw. Yep. Uh, the green line is the 2080. And you can see that there. It's like in the 215 range, it looks like, or so. Uh, the blue line behind it is the 1080 Ti. So on average... The 1080 is using a little bit less power than the 1080 Ti. The 2080. The I'm 2080 sorry. The 2080 is, yeah. is using a little bit less power than the 1080 Ti. Yeah, excuse me. Uh, but quite a bit more than the GTX 1080 down there at the bottom in the orange line. And then you've got poor old Vega 64 up there at like the 280, 290 range across there. Um, giving you some sense of of, of where these stand. I, you know, my my sense of this is that they're maybe barely slightly more power efficient than 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 Pascal, but not really. Like yeah. it's it's close enough to almost be a wash, maybe five yeah. percent or less in terms of performance per watt out of it. And then uh, what's in this image here that I'm looking at, Ken? This is um, this is kind of it's, a, it's the individual power. Oh, the individual rail. So our total up here. This yeah. is the 2080 Ti. Sort of the interesting thing here is they're not actually pulling any power from the 3.3 volt bus on mm -hmm. the PCI Express I think slot. that's normal, isn't it? No. No? That's not they, normal? Yeah, usually no. are pulling some, at least. Yeah, they usually pull something. I don't know what really? it's going yeah. to, but there's something where they're just deciding to use 3.3 from the system instead of making it on their own. Or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? But in, on these cards, they're not. Okay. They're just... So know. the green and the, and the uh, uh, red lines here are the 8-pin power connectors of the 2080 Ti, and the blue is the 75-watt yeah limited PCIe throughput. So you can see they're, only, they're using less than 50 watts through that actual uh, PCIe yeah. mm -hmm. connection there. Overclocking is an interesting beast. Did you have any success with NVIDIA scanner? Uh, Question mark? <laughs> he knows the answer? I, I've been I've been working through it. We didn't really have a lot of time to mess with it for the initial review. The yeah. implementation Precision X1, the beta version we have, is currently a little a little hokey like it doesn't really tell you when the scanner is running and when it finishes and what it does uh, right. we've actually spent a little time with the afterburner implementation today and the beta they released it's a little better uh it does work it will apply an overclock but we kind of went with manual results for this review yeah manual overclocking the good old I, I think the potential for uh the oc scanner and the nvidia scanner is actually really good because it it progresses through the voltage it progresses through a whole bunch of stuff to get to a total picture as opposed to a blanket offset, which yeah. is what I think it does it at four <coughs> it does it at four different points and then it interpolates yeah. between them or something. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. So the, the tool itself, the NV scanner tool itself seems to be good. It's just these beta applications yeah, implementing a new feature. It's gonna take a little bit of time. That's for the impression it to be I get a little and, more and user friendly. And it's, having it's supposed talked, to it's doing a computational load, so it's supposed to be able to it's pull itself back before you would see before the artifacts. crashes. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I will say everything. Every time I run an NV scanner, no crash yeah. at all. Right. So that's nice. And and I, and I had some, I had a fairly lengthy conversation with Tom Peterson about it, and having him explain what it's doing makes me more makes me believe more that this will be addressed and fixed and way better in the in the coming weeks. Yeah. It's just than the, the, it's, it's like it's, it's doing all. its own thing and these other tools that are triggering that aren't really giving good feedback. Right. Right. Because they're just third party. It's interesting to think about like the idea that hey NVIDIA knows what workloads mm -hmm. to apply to its GPU to get it to crash, to get it to that state. Oh yeah. Right. Whereas when you run 
Furmark or uh, Unigen Heaven or 3D Mark. It's doing all kinds of different things that some may be stressing some points and mm -hmm. some may be stressing other points. And, you know, in, in theory, it should work better. But in terms of regular overclocking, we did manual on both the 2080 and the 2080 Ti. Um, and we used this as an opportunity to measure stock clocks and OC clocks. What did you see on the RTX 2080, Ken? So as for stock clocks, it kind of peaks at just under 2000 and settles more in the low 1900 range, around 1920, I think, is about. So you were the asking, the 2080 saw. is rated, the FE is rated at 1800. Yeah, yeah. And in our testing at stock settings, the RTX 2080 Founders Edition settled at like 1920 okay, so still above. or so. Yeah. That being said, it does reach about 70 degrees Celsius doing that, which certainly isn't a bad temperature at all, mm -hmm. but maybe a little higher than you'd like to see mm -hmm. under load. And we set a overclock offset of 160 on this. Yeah. And in that case, we we ended up stable at what 2025. Yeah. I think on the clock speed S somewhere just around there. And temps like 77, 76 degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. So you know, high. But um, I think with the with the blower cards, we were used to seeing 80, 82. Yeah. Yeah. We just ride it. Right? Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, this was quite a bit quieter than those cards were yeah i mean you, when, you uh, it probably uh, could have run cooler if you cranked the fan we were that was well, with no oh sure duh. we that, were leaving the fan saying, profile the that's same. What, that was what the fan profile just yeah. stock yeah. right yeah, yeah. so you know if you were concerned about that temperature even you could, yeah. you know you could probably nudge and, it up a little and bit and then more. for the founders um still surprisingly good high clocks at stock what do we settle in at just under 1800 like 1780 or something like that yeah Temperatures mid seventies, so a little bit higher. Overclocked, what we said, uh, one hundred and ninety megahertz overclocked. Interesting, interestingly enough, the overclocks hit about the same voltages across these two GPUs. They both settle at just above two gigahertz, essentially. You said voltages. I think you meant fre oh, sorry. frequencies. Frequencies. Yeah yeah. 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 So this this also hit like two thousand twenty yeah. twenty five, but it also it started to get to that eighty C. Certainly warmer. Temperature range, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's something we've noticed in our retail cards. The the, the AIC cards, they're going to be much. They're going to be yeah, lower. They should be. They're, they're going to be lower. Than way that. bigger coolers. Yeah. yeah. So, with pretty basic, not trying hard overclocks, you're hitting two gigahertz on both of these products. Mm -hmm. Pretty pretty impressive. We're going to do some more uh, screwing around with that. But again, let's see. If we went from you're going from 1900 to to two gigahertz, so you're talking about a five percent. Yeah increase there yeah so not a done a drastic yeah performance gap you're gonna see in terms of noise they're quieter right ken but maybe not drastically so yeah the 2080 was about three dba lower quieter than the 1080i which if you at if similar you, it, performance levels yeah so it, yeah. if you look at the performance levels it was delivering the same level of performance at three db quieter yeah which, that's good it's a, it's a pretty substantial difference in, in noise levels. However, the 2080i and the 1080i are essentially the same sort of noise level. We got right. we had a 1 dB difference, which is sort of within yeah. the margin of error of yeah. us kind of getting that measurement and ambient noise in the room at the time and that sort of thing. All right, let's talk about price. $799 for the 2080. Eleven ninety nine for the twenty eighty Ti, both founders edition pricing. The quote unquote base price for the twenty eighty is six ninety nine, and the base price for the twenty eighty Ti is nine ninety nine. Sure, mm -hmm. it is. It, it is a worthwhile <laughs> question whether or not you will actually somewhere. see cards at that price. 
Uh, we did see, we saw some pre-orders for like 2080 cards going for like 769, yeah. 759. So there were some less than that. I don't yeah. know if I saw any of that with the 2080 Ti. No, um, I haven't seen any of that with the Ti. As of you know, a few hours ago when we looked, I think the 2080 Ti was sold out Founders Edition, but the 2080 was still available, or was it oh, vice I versa? I think vice both versa. Sold out. Uh, well, okay. People in the chat will check. Um, that's a, that's pretty high, as it turns yeah, out. Yeah, it just turns out that's a lot of money. So, I mean, if you take into consideration the gaming performance we saw in this review with traditional games that people play today and that we test today, there's not really a whole lot of difference between the 2080 and the 1080 Ti, <laughs> and there's a hundred dollar price difference. DNY makes a uh, 2080 Ti uh, blower style. How much is it? Thirteen hundred bucks. Oh, okay. Is that what you're looking on Amazon? No, just Google shopping. Oh, yeah. What was the? the You you are correct. The 2080 is still in stock. Okay. This Asus. Where's the Asus one? But as I was getting to, it's not really a card that I could recommend in good conscience that anyone purchase at this point. With with the current state where we have 1080i still in the channel for seven hundred dollars, you can get a really really good. Third-party 1080 Ti card, like an EBGA FTW3 card, yep. that will clock really high, might actually end up beating the stock performance of the RTX 2080 Founders Edition because of aggressive out-of-the-box overclocks on yep. third-party cards and better coolers, triple fan coolers. It becomes a very difficult recommendation to ever look at the 2080 at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think that. NVIDIA will get a lot of game integration with DLSS and real-time ray tracing and that it will ultimately be a better card. But the data we have now, I couldn't in good conscience recommend the 2080 over the 1080 Ti. Yeah. Unless That's fair. you just don't care about money, in which case you should probably buy the 2080 Ti because the 2080 Ti at least has the performance crown of being the fastest GPU you mm-hmm. can buy, fastest gaming GPU you can buy. And it's even faster than the Titan XP. Yeah. Right, and the Titan XP did sell for twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, right. It was a le- it was a twelve hundred dollar video card. Now the twelve hundred dollar video card is not necessarily a new thing from Nvidia, but pushing it further yeah. down the stack is certainly new. If you if you make the assumption that there will be a Titan XT, right? Will that be fourteen ninety nine? You know, fifteen hundred probably. You, whatever. We're, just, yeah. we're projecting at this point. Yeah. Um, I will say, and I agree with you on the twenty eighty, in that as long as ten eighty Ti's exist, which to be upfront, I don't think it's going to be for very long. I don't think they're continuing to make them. No, they're, they've, put it that I've way. been told they've stopped production. Yeah. Right? Not recently, but they've stopped production. So a little while ago. There's stock. There is. But I'm saying is <laughs> there like, is stock. there's not, and there's going to, and you'll probably see some people putting some on eBay at some point as the mining continues to, to dwindle. So as it turns out, if you're not scared of a used card with a warranty, you can get a 1080i for about 500 bucks on eBay right That's now. That's true. Yeah. Which is a fantastic buy as long as, you know, the hey, GPU lasts. Final Fantasy. Just make sure you get and, one you know. that's got a warranty. Yeah. And you're Final good, Fantasy right? 14 ad on the site now. Nice. <laughs> It's like it can listen to me. Um, the yes, the twenty eight Ti looks. It's odd to say this. Looks better at a, as a twelve hundred dollar card because it's <laughs> yeah. the fastest card yes. at least. The, the fastest card always has that mantle of the very high price. Yep, yep, and it's higher than it's been before. Still too much, we totally but... get it. Uh, the twenty eighty has the ten eighty Ti battle ahead of it. Um, the the reason you would buy a 2080 over a 1080 Ti today, even though they're both available and uh, it is more price, is that you fundamentally believe that 
the ray tracing features and the DLSS and other any other any other AI features will materialize in a 12 to 18 month timeline, mm-hmm. right? And like NVIDIA provided these lists to us, games that will feature real-time ray tracing and games that will use DLSS. And there are a lot of games on this list. If you can show this up here, uh, you know, games that use ray tracing, you've got Battlefield 5, uh, Mech Warrior 5, uh, Metro Exodus, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. There's some other ones in there that you may or may not have heard of. Assetto Corso is a racing game. It's going to look amazing with, with, with all that stuff on. Um, but in terms of timelines, availability, is, it, is the RT capability going to be there on day one, on a patch? All yeah. that. And, and we know that no game will ship with RTX capability until at least the release of the October update for RS Windows 5. 10 RS5. Right. Because currently you have to go into the Windows settings and enable developer mode to run RTX code on your uh, machine. Okay. Which no one... <laughs> Square Enix isn't going to ship a game patch that you have to enable developer mode to run. Right. So it's at least going to wait into that. It's not like next week you're going to see RTX Correct. real tr- ray tracing titles. DLSS, you in theory, could. Absolutely. And, and that list is even longer. And there's... And I think more... Uh, significant games on here. You've got Ark, Darksiders 3, uh, Final Fantasy 15, Hellblade, Hitman 2 is going to be awesome. MechWarrior 5 is on here as well. Player Unknown Battlegrounds, Serious Sam 4, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, uh, We Happy Few. There's a lot of games on here that are going to use DLSS. Um, and that is something that developers have to integrate. I've been told it's very easy for them to integrate. And a lot of that legwork is on NVIDIA to create the models. So that's mm-hmm. a little bit more, a little bit more interesting. So I would agree that the 2080 struggles until more games on these lists are available yeah. and, and we can start to measure and see the differences, uh, both in image quality and in performance, uh, which, which is, which is, which is tough. And I think, you know, if you, as Ken says in the article, if you if you keep a GPU for two years, two to three years, then you might never see the payoff of these features. And I think you'll the see ma- it, but it'll be like halfway through, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Right. That. I mean, you'll, you'll definitely see in some games, but whether you hit the tipping point of where it's in 50, 60, 70, 80 percent of the new games that are coming out that you want to play. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen in two years. I could be wrong, but yeah. you know, nonetheless. Yeah, and the don't compare. Hey, you know what? If if you want to just stop real quick and scroll up a little bit. Hmm. Just a little what, bit. What, what, uh, down, 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 down. Stop. Hammer time. Um, what, what, what does that particular design remind you of? A hovercraft. Real tape machine. No, the WinFast A350 Dual. Do you, know the, do you remember the, nope. the boombox <laughs> yeah. graphics card? Yep. Alan's Googling oh. it. <laughs> but no. <clears throat> yeah, those were way smaller. Not a, not a DJ booth. They were way smaller, Gotta but it was the same the thing. I mean, they're they're popped up. Yeah. The other thing to point out, and Ken points this you out gotta, in his story, joke, is like Nvidia. I, you know, I I hate using the term Nvidia can get away with this because it insinuates that they're somehow like putting a knife to your throat and saying <laughs> you have to buy these video cards or we're going to slit your slit your throat. But they can get away with charging these prices because there's no competition at the high end. They've been a leader for two full generations now, and they're continuing to do that. And and uh, 
This is this is kind of what happens. So you want there's a lot of pent up demand. You couldn't buy a GPU end of last yeah. year, and then people were waiting for the 20 series. Even though you can buy a new 10 series GPU in stock now, people were waiting for these numbers. And you know, I think a lot of people might go back and buy 10 series GPUs now. Yeah. But there are definitely going to be a large portion of that audience that does end up buying these RTX GPUs. So people will buy them. Oh, obviously, God, yeah, We've they're going to sell a lot of pre-orders. They're going to sell them and. And if you're if you're a person who's used to buying a GPU every every year, you've been kind of disappointed, right? Because there hasn't been anything new from you for for you to really look at in a while. And uh, now there is, and it's you know, the RTX twenty eighty is not a fantastic card in this in the current environment and situation. The twenty eighty Ti is, but it's super expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a weird place to be in. You didn't really want to go out to eat the next three months anyway, right? That's how you got to look at it. Ramen, boys. Who needs heat? Ramen. <laughs> oh, those cheap. are the days. <laughs> uh, so anyway, check out the review. Ken did a really good job on it. Um, and uh, we'll uh, surely talk about this ad infinitum for probably the rest of uh, eternity. Uh, before we get to the next stories, which are going to run through very quickly, because <laughs> boy, howdy, did that take a while. We do have some Patreon additions here. We have a new $1 patron from... Uh, I learned from The Verge to build my PC. <laughs> oh, no. Do you um, have enough thermal paste to be able to you bring uh, build bring your PC? <laughs> I need to get it in tube form. Or tub uh, form. We have an uh, increase from $2 to $3 from Alpha Network. Ken, thank you very much. <clears throat> and we have an uh, increase from 5 to $10 from Josh looks so much better in a bathtub when he is ray traced. I, I do. Mm-hmm. The shine is better. It's more realistic. Oh, yeah. In ray tracing mode. Gets rid of the wrinkles. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, I thought that was the DLSS that did that. We ready yeah. to it's both. We ready to power through, boys. Real-time ray tracing commit spotted in Unity GitHub. You wanted some more impetus for real-time ray tracing in games. Wait, did we go backwards? I don't I yeah. think so. Did we? Hold oh, on. That, that was hanging off the, uh, the, the NVIDIA. Batch. Was was it? Did yeah. I miss something? Oh wait, yeah. Yeah, okay. we had all the the ray Com- tracing. Uh, one. Which one do you want me to go to? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we could talk about the Unity thing, and then we'll go to okay. Coffee Lake. Yeah, 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 got it. Uh, Real time ray tracing commit spotted in Unity on GitHub. Um, uh, Unity is a game engine that is used by a lot of people, and the fact that there is a a real time ray tracing commit on there tells you that that progress is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott wrote this up. It appears to just generate the acceleration structure based on the objects of type rendered in the current scene. Looks like there's still a long way out, but at least it is getting started. So, um, again, another one of those things. How long do you want to wait? How long are you willing to wait? Uh, I I will say, as a follow-up to the last point, like there's nothing coming from AMD the rest of the year. I need instant gratification, Ryan. Right. What should I do? But... You know, if you if you know you're going to buy something today, or you know you're going to buy something in two months, well, I mean, why wait? Why delay yourself? Just buy. Why it. delay? Why delay yourself? That just <laughs> the gratification. Yeah, just buy it. <sighs> just buy it. How long? How much of your life do you want to not be ray traced, Ken? <laughs> how much? Hmm. At least um, until sometime in October, I guess. We also had this on here. The uh, NVIDIA RTX 2080 Ti availability did go from the 20th to the 27th. So there is that. And that that. seems to be only for the Founders cards. 
Oh, really? Yeah. The retail I'm sure tomorrow still... third-party cards will ship. And I wouldn't even be surprised if some Founders editions made it out. They said they would arrive between the 20th and the yeah. 27th. So, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. There we are. Now we're on to the Coffee Lake, <laughs> which I assume is the sound of this train deflating, this Thomas the Leaking. Tank. Jeremy, what do you got for us? About the last possible leak we can have. <laughs> For the new Coffee Lake, because we you know that. almost everything else about them at this point. You think you know, Jeremy. Well, you okay, think. fair enough. But uh, if every single rumor up till now has been wrong, we don't know anything otherwise. The last thing we were sort of waiting for was the price. And that was a really big point because performance-wise, I mean, Ryzen 2 is pretty bloody competitive with what we've been seeing leaked out. So is it going to be cheaper? The same price or more expensive, and what looks like Ryzen is going to be a little bit less expensive because supposedly, at least once we translate uh, from uh, prices over in Singapore, the uh, i9 9900K is going to be about $452 and the i7 9700 about $352. The i5 9600K, if you're interested, is going to be about $251, which across the board puts AMD in a really, really nice space for price or performance. Assuming these are correct. Assuming. Would you pay 450 bucks for an eight core hyper threaded 9999 man, 900, 990. Yeah. Easy for you to say. Wait, 8,700, 9,900K. I9, 9,900K. I9, 9,900K. I9, 9,900. That's kind of a bad product name. Yes. Fair. I'm not the sure if it is, but. Nine. It's exactly the price I would expect. Just under yep. five hundred dollars seems about right to me. Yeah, I'm I'm curious because you know how how is Intel going to play their you know IPC improvement now that they would have core and thread count matching with the Ryzen seven they parts? Don't I don't know. Uh, Cooler Master Canadian clicky keyboard. Why is this keyboard Canadian? Because it's a specific little model that costs a little bit less and uh, has fancier body to it, which you can only get at like uh, and EB Games, where you obviously go to buy your gaming Wait, keyboards, right? Naturally. <laughs> does it have a, does it have like an A button? Is that A A? Is that is that what this is down here? The a you know button. It. Uh, it must be. Best Buy, Staples, Canada, and EB yeah. Games. Is EB Games still... EB Games doesn't exist here, right? Is EB Games still up in Canada? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Not many. Like, maybe five. And these are Gatorade but, switches. Yes. <laughs> these Nailed are Gatorade. <laughs> so, essentially, this uh, is just, like, a, a rare uh, CK550. Because you can grab the CK550 anywhere you want to. Okay. And you get your choice of mechanical switches as opposed to just having uh what are these ones the reds yeah and yeah it was just sort of interesting and continues to demonstrate that the entire gang at tech report are just addicted to mechanical keyboards no joke plus they got ads for these weird slide belts with knives and stuff be careful with them oof seem dangerous uh Reopening a cold boot case. Jeremy wrote this up. This was a uh, a computer in sleep mode. Oh, this was... I remember this. Mm-hmm. So you could steal the data off somebody's... P- 
PC, what had been last written to memory if the computer was in sleep mode. Um, interesting. So, yeah, and you heard powered it off. Why is this coming back up again? Because uh, we thought we'd had it beat and that the vulnerability did not exist anymore. And, well, sadly, it turns out that we had it mostly beat, but not completely beat. What was and the, the best part about it? What was the vulnerability uh, here again? I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to work my mind through this, so they could, if the computer was asleep, could be powered off. The firmware specifically modified and then booted from a USB drive, allowing the attacker to extract data. Oh, from the RAM. RAM. Yeah, right. Because the the RAM still got it. Yep. So okay. that sounds, you know, man, eh, I don't really care so much. Well, see, here's the thing. Now. Uh, that, and this is specifically for like Dell and Lenovo and, uh, uh, and some Apple boards. So the stuff you find in businesses, the stuff you find in businesses that have fully encrypted hard drives Mm -hmm. of which the keys are sitting on the Ram because it's had to be reading the data. So now if you do this, you're getting the whole friggin' encryption key for the entire drive and your hundred percent encrypted drive is just as open hmm. as if it wasn't even encrypted. Mm-hmm. Sounds exciting. Yeah, as, as always, you know, this requires physical access to the machine. So at that point you're already kind of screwed, but from what they were saying, it's about a five minute thing. Mm-hmm. So you could sneak in and within an hour, just go nuts mm-hmm. on some stuff. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you might want to disable your sleep states if you're worried. Usually. It uh, looks like you, um, the guys over at Hard OCP posted a, a story that looked at uh, memory frequency versus timings. Kind of this age-old story debate on uh, what is more important, the frequency of your memory or getting lower cast latency timings. I almost kind of forget that that really even, even matters. Um, so they, Hard OCP grabbed two 16 gig kits of DDR4 3200, one Vulcan Tough, and one G Skill Flare X. The Vulcan's base timings are 16, 18, 1838, while G Skill was 14, 14, 1434, mm-hmm. uh, to see how they performed at base settings. What was uh, the takeaway from this particular testing as we go ahead and jump over here to the Hard OCP? Timings story. are nice, but uh, frequency matters more. Yeah. However, if you've got tighter timings on your RAM, you can push it up a little bit higher to like 3466 from 3200 and start seeing a little bit better. If you have so tighter timings, tight do you have, timings, to, do you have to, 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 have to soften them some to get the they higher frequency? They soften them a little bit, but not much. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that stands to reason. Like a RAM yep. that, even if you had two different sticks of RAM and they both had the same base frequency, but one had tighter timings. You probably get away with more with the one with the tighter timings because it, ha- it would have had to have been bend better in the first mm-hmm. place, okay. right? To get the tighter timings reliably, right? Right. So, okay. so long story short, if you can loosen your timings by one or two points and get a significant jump on the frequency, it's worth it. If you're mm-hmm. sacrificing three or four, you're probably going to see slower performance. Josh, can you loosen can you loosen your timings? That happened a long time ago, Josh. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> I turned forty, and and suddenly uh, my timings got <laughs> really understand. loose, and 
the belt stretches, my, uh, everything. My latency is has just not been the same since. I understand. Yeah. Timings are loosened. The frequency has gone way down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. It happens. It happens. Uh, Jeremy wrote this up, but uh, Alan, Jeremy seems to think that this ADATA HD830 external hard drive would be a lot of fun to test. Can it withstand 3,000 kilograms of downwards pressure? Submerged completely in sand or water? How about live through a drop of 1.2 meters? I, I was thinking that was a lot higher. Like 1.2 meters? That's not a lot of pressure. A, a, a drop of 1.2 meters? Like four foot? Oh, a drop of 1.2 yeah. meters? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I mean it's they've an got SSD. these fancy pictures of it. It's Look, an SSD. This it's, got ran over by a treadmill. It can probably no, it a drop of more than 1.2 it, meters. It's not an SSD. Oh, it's a hard drive. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Huh. Otherwise, who cares? I mean, yeah, just drop yeah, it in a plastic yeah, yeah. bag. It'll be fine. IP68 rating. You can store your data. Wow, uh, from a hard drive. Under up to two meters of water for two hours. So if you're trying to hide from the feds, <laughs> you just jump in the <laughs> you, can, you can put it in the in the toilet tank for a I couple guess. hours for uh for for up to two oh, hours. Because you know what? They time. never look there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they never uh it's not, like, not it's for like a hard drive first item on the checklist. It don't it doesn't matter what you're mm. looking for. Just. They don't say where do you store his external hard drive? It's probably in the toilet tank. Because uh, eh. no one thinks that hard drives are gonna be waterproof. True. And there's no such thing as Ziploc bags, which no, make no, gosh, even no. not waterproof things waterproof. You yeah, trust yeah. you trust your life to Ziploc? Yeah. I, yes, I, I do. I don't trust Ziploc bags. They've paid me a few dollars a month <laughs> to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried taking really ziplocks underwater. It doesn't work out well. You got to get the double lined ones. They were it. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work. Double bag. Double bag it. Yeah. It it don't work. It's plastic, man. Plastic is good for you and the environment. I learned this. Okay. Um. So yeah, I don't. We don't actually have one of these into test, but we maybe could. But this is something where it's just like, yeah, it's a hard drive. Can we run over it enough times? 3,000 kilograms of downwards pressure. Can you run over that with a car on pavement? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we can break it. You got a car you can run yeah, over. This is, this is what yeah, makes I mean, it fun. I do have a car. Yeah. Well, what yeah, if I you, you, it you water get your rear tires <laughs> on it, <laughs> and then you what is it, the burn it, burn to a burnout, and <laughs> it'll go flying Yeah, just like kick it out behind you. Yeah, yeah. flying into somebody else's car window. Oops! Uh, <laughs> Everyone agrees bad. as long as you don't get it more than one point two meters above the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Fair. Oh, See, yeah. everyone yeah. agrees it would be fun to test. Uh, next story: AMD launched uh, a new Athlon processor. Josh was excited about this. Sure, it was because you know what? I like cheap and fast. Okay. Do you like cheap and and Athlon? <laughs> yes, I, I, I do like there because this is it's a two core four thread. Yep. Athlon processor. It goes up to what three point two or three yeah, three point two gigahertz uh boost. It's something like forty five watt TDP. Uh, is it forty five or thirty five? I think it might be thirty five. Maybe it's forty five. I think it's forty five. So it's a two core four thread, three radeon compute unit. So it's you know, it's it's light on the graphics, but it's got integrated graphics in there. Yeah. Fifty five bucks. Fifty-five. The motherboard bucks. run you the same. Fifty-five bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pay way more for the RAM. 
Yeah, the Rams the only kicker for the Rams. That's two. more than yeah, that's two together. <laughs> and the higher speed memory means more for the uh, for the integrated graphics part. So that's I think yeah, it only does like uh, twenty three sixty six or something. Twenty three twenty three sixty six. No, not twenty three sixty six. Uh, twenty six sixty six. Right. Yeah. We round up to twenty six sixty seven. Yeah, yeah twenty six sixty seven. Not in this. Church. So it's not like you're buying thirty two hundred. We don't say twenty six sixty six. No, we don't because that's you know the devil's going to come. Yeah, two of them are going to come. Very bad. I do like to see the Athlon brand back. So that's a two hundred GE, and I believe they're they're uh, this is the only one that launched. They're launching two higher performance models uh, coming later. Yeah, yeah, the pros. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great little chip for yeah. all kinds of productivity stuff and Plus even some gaming because, you know, two core, four threads is that's yeah. enough for a lot of new stuff. We'll even. see. I mean, if you're going to play, are you talking about adding a discrete card or not? They tested it on 70 or 720p. No discrete cards. Okay. Just it. Yeah. Perfectly fine mm-hmm. on modern titles. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, it's interesting that it's got copyright of 2016 on it, but, you know, whatever. Do what you can. It does. It's odd. Odd. Um, in the ARM server market, which ha- has taken longer to uh, expose itself, to come to fruition, if you will, it had its first, not its first entrance or, or entrant, uh, Man, I don't know. The first uh, entry, it, it had its first maybe like external entry in a long time. This is Ampere computing. You, you, dude, you got to take a deep breath. And what? Think about what you're saying. Uh, uh, for the first time in a long time. This is. Go ahead. I don't know. And the first, the first time in a long time, there is a new uh, player in the ARM server field. See, that was really good. Thank you. Because that's exactly what we'll you're trying to say. cut that first one out. Yeah, thank you. No, so we'll proud. just edit that out. It'll be fine here. Uh, Ampere Computing, uh, which I got to talk with their, I guess, CEO, uh, Renee James, a while ago. She came. She was a former president at Intel. Uh, and we talked about what their, what their roadmaps are, what their plans were. The new processor that they're now officially launching is a 3.3 gigahertz, 32 core, 64-bit ARM V8 CPU uh, built on TSMC 16 nanometer process technology. It can address up to a terabyte of DDR4 memory. It has 42 PCIe 3.0 lanes all in a single socket. And I believe it has a price tag of $850. Um, It has 125 watt TDP. So this is not a smartphone processor by, uh oh, A nice blue screen here. Anyway, uh, it had, going on, uh, it's at 850 watt. Well, that's that's it's not that's not. Oh, that's, so that's the last screen oh, you had. Uh huh. So I okay. So something actually happened a while back. EPC watchdog violation. Yeah. Womp womp. Yeah, anyway, I think that I think that's. I was on the other page for a while before. I, so I think it's that app that caused it to do it. But maybe I mean it, it was still enumerating it, but it just wasn't sending in a video. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Um, so anyway, that's the Ampere part, and it's um, its target is not like raw performance. It's it's performance per dollar, performance per dollar per and per watt. Um, you know, there it's an eight hundred fifty dollar processor, which if you go up the Xeon scalable line, doesn't get you very far for eight hundred fifty bucks. Uh, might get so, you a motherboard, huh? Might get you a motherboard. Might get you the motherboard. Yeah. Um, 
and 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 this group is very open and honest about like, hey, this is a lot of the Linux software stack is has been built or has had ARM derivatives built and targeted for these types of architectures. If you have a lot of custom software, we're not really going to be for you because it's going to require a lot of legwork for you for, to convert over to this. But otherwise. This this is this is what this is what they're targeting for that. So, uh, I think pretty interesting stuff at TechCon. You know, next you month. know what the big problem yeah, go ahead. with such a core is. I don't know intercore communications. True, the interface between them. Because yeah, I mean everything that ARM has done before is to minimize power consumption and to maximize performance in an X amount of, of, of course. Right. But if you're expanding that dramatically, the internet connects become a lot more power hungry. But what infrastructure do they have that, that is able to kind of overcome some of the issues and limitations of, of, of their previous implementations? Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, or no, no, you're right. It's no, a it new does. fabric from Casper that directs the heat away <laughs> and keeps it from cooling. <laughs> and not only Memory that, but phone when, when they deliver this CPU <laughs> to out. your door, it is compressed in a really small box, and you have to cut it open very carefully, oh, and it'll expand to the full fabric and, nice. and 32 cores at full well speed done, while staying cool. All right, so that's, that's uh, the amp here. Uh, we're going to follow up with more on that. I was going to say at ARM TechCon, uh, there's going to be a keynote from Drew Henry that will talk through the ARM server roadmap. And now that we have... Hey, uh, yeah, I'm going to be there. Are you going to be there? I finally got permission, yes. I'm excited. And uh, so, you know, now that you've, now that we know A76 exists, we know that, they're, that they are expanding out into higher performance, the higher IPC parts. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, a couple more things to get here. How about this, Jeremy? A tale of a quest that has gone for the bards. What am I, this is the bard's tale. Yeah, which was also going to be my pick, which is why I deleted it because, well, I got nothing. That's fine. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I got a spinny code wheel again. I haven't had one of these in I don't know how long. But what did that it come comes with? The game you, you print it out, and I'm I'm so jealous. Look at that! You spin it around. Wait, you printed it oh, and had to cut it yourself? That's a three, that's a three layer code yeah. wheel. Jeez. And so. What's the hardware in the a, middle? Some serious code wheel. It's oh, a that's, that's my. No, that's a rivet. <laughs> it's a rivet. Handcrafted. Wow. If you want them, artisanal. I can start selling them on eBay. <laughs> wow. I got to sell those on Etsy. It's artisanal. Oh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. And I've seen some people complaining that, well, the, the new Bar's Tale looks a little bit dated. And I'm like, I'm sorry. That's what it used to look like. Is this the new so, one? Is this what it looks like? No, that okay. was uh, Bard's Tale 2, I believe. Back in the day. Bard's Tale and, and Hel- it's still Hel- Brian Fargo. Like, it's still the same buddy people doing it. Honestly, it's not AAA beautiful, but I don't want it to be. This, this is a wander down nostalgia lane, and it's just been fun. Looks I like haven't been able to put fine. much time into it. It looks good enough. It looks better than any bird's tail I've seen before in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the combat seems relatively uh, well thought out. Huh. Uh, the Scottish accents are just to die for. And well, the music has been pretty good. So, you know, it's about 40 bucks. So if you're on the fence, you know, 
hold off and get it on a sale or something. I kickstarted this thing years ago, so I've uh, you know, been waiting. Dude, I, I remember playing Bard's Tale in 1989. Oh, hell yeah. Ken, did you play Bard's Tale in 1989? No. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. All right, our last news story here um, is Ada 64 5.98 here uh, launched. Not a coincidence that it launches in line with the RTX 2000 series. Um Add support for the Windows 10 October 2018 update, which has not launched yet, right? It's not October yet. Yeah, I know, but sometimes they do it late, sometimes they do it early. I don't think they ever do it early. No, they definitely don't do it early. I think they've been doing it late. (laughs) Uh, Actually, this is interesting. Add support for the EVGA Z10 keyboard, that LCD on it. It's kind of an interesting addition. I don't know if it's new in this version, but Precision X1 also supports that. Oh, really? I was doing when I was okay. digging around, which would be cool. Uh, ARM64 support, support for AMD uh, new chipsets, um, support for some a new the new Corsair sensor uh, data for the for a handful of coolers, H80i Pro, 100i Pro, 115, etc. Um, and then, of course, GPU details for the NVIDIA GeForce RTX 2000 series. So... If you often use Ada 64 for benchmarking, troubleshooting, uh, that kind of stuff, there's a there's a new uh, version for you to to update to. And if you don't, honestly, you should consider it. It's a pretty it's damn pretty good, good tool. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, hardware software picks of the week. Up first is me, <clears throat> and uh, we were kind of looking through Amazon earlier, trying to find. Uh, what were some of the better deals on 10 series cards now that uh, the 20 series has come out and we've been able to make our decisions about them and, and where they stand? The Zotac GeForce GTX 1080 Ti Amp Edition, which is a fairly high overclock card for uh, all any any really GTX card. The Amps, Zotac tends to go a little bit further with their overclocks, yeah. they're a little bit more aggressive. The Amp Edition is kind of the higher end of them. Um, this is 679 for uh this card new not used uh it was available well when i first clicked on it it was available in prime now it's ships hmm. in one to two days weird uh but hmm. uh 679 what was the, 699 was the launch msrp of gtx 1080 ti yeah the founders right for the founders edition yeah that 20 dollars savings well, well this, this card was probably year and and half, but it ruins it for you new, josh or 750 new yeah this was at least that i mean well, well it lists right now list price 829 so, so this wasn't so. their top end 1080 they had a triple fan one so this might have oh, been 730 okay. 740 they do have an there. amp extreme yes yeah. you're right um that is That's currently that not available in my case yeah <laughs> yeah i could see oh. that yeah yeah boy sebastian honestly, really like that amp extreme yeah he would he would slam I've never it owned in there. one, but good God, the overclocks these guys do on them is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Zotac, Zotac is very aggressive in uh, in these areas when a lot of when a lot of uh, uh, add-in card vendors are are less so. So even if you don't like this one, if if you're if you were holding off on a card purchase and now you think, eh, you know what? Actually, I think a 1080i makes sense for me because I can save 100, 150 bucks um, over that. Well, so what is it? 799 for the FE 2080. Right, yeah, seven ninety nine. So you're looking at one hundred and twenty dollars difference between that and this. Something to keep in mind. Uh, all right, let me click down here. We've got uh, we got something from Jeremy. We got something from Josh. We got something. Sure from you Alan. do, Jeremy. What do you got? Wait, hold on. Come and this join one. me as you visit Newegg. 
and hit the contact us button and inquiries general and read the error messages that says we're sorry all of our lines are currently busy and the chat sessions are no longer accepting new inquiries into the gigantic data breach that we had a month ago for the space of a month so yeah if you've shopped from new egg uh, between the middle of August and the middle of September, you want to keep an eye on the credit card that you use to buy. Because apparently for about a month, the uh, credit card verification page had some interesting little code on it that it took some bored person to notice and put onto Twitter. Mm. So it's, it's, they're not responding to anything right now. Uh, they haven't put a notice up that I have seen. They're, they're just sort of doing the Equifax. It didn't happen. Got it. So, la, 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 la. I'm so happy because I bought for? one piece of hardware from them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure month. I did too. I bought two. I bought nothing. <sighs> yeah, because you got it all sent to you. I got nothing. <laughs> all right. Noted. So yeah, I'm keeping watch of my discovery card. You do it. Yeah. They have free. Bastards. I've seen those commercials. They have like free fraud protection and stuff, but it's only if you talk yeah. to your twin on the phone. A customer support. Oh, watch it. Mage cart is the name of the of the of the malware, I guess. Nice. Malicious JavaScript attack. All right, Josh, what uh, do you got? What do I have? I don't know. Say it out loud, though. Um, it's a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. Do you know why? Oh, not Laserdisc? Because physical media is the best. It is the best. It it's is not because, good. you know what? You stream something <laughs> to your house over Netflix or whatever, and you, things get fuzzy. What's the, and then what's they get the say right and here? And then they get fuzzy. They get stream they get clear. Stream and then time. 4K stream is not really time. 4K even though they say it's 4K. And the next thing you know, Apple comes out and says, you know what? We're not offering this thing anymore that I, you bought a while I agree ago. That's so you're just pretty much the worst Did you hear the update on that Apple thing? No. Uh, no. He, he moved to a different country and changed his account changed regions. Right. Oh, otherwise, it wasn't otherwise they wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to pull content. They wouldn't pull con. They yeah. don't ever pull. But still, content that you owned. You can, yeah. You could. If I have to move to Japan take, for work, yeah, I could take I my would, disc yeah. to Pakistan. Sure. And if I had a DVD, although player, region lock has been well, a, a region three, you have to bring your own player. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I got an HDMI. Say it wasn't. It wasn't always that good with physical media with PAL versus NTSC and region locks. Like that has been a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's well, not problematic, but you know what? <laughs> Nobody's going to take this away from me unless they break into my house or burn my house down. Yeah. And then we've got other things. Mm-hmm. To deal what's your address again? <laughs> and the only thing better uh, than physical Florence, media is dinosaurs Kentucky. on physical media. Something, something court. No. 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 Okay. All right. So you're picking Jurassic World. Got it. Sure. Why not? In 4K Ultra HD. I will say 4K Blu-ray. Quite nice. Uh, probably. Isn't that what Ultra 4K Ultra HD? No. no that just means. No, I think HDR is not cinema 4K. Well, let's see. Yeah, HDR. 4K Ultra well, HD. What HDR you need? 
a 4K Ultra HDTV with HDR. Oh, An man. Ultra HDR, Having have HD that graphic on the back and high-speed Category 2 HDMI. And case. you even get the digital copy in case you Hey, I you, get Chris Pratt's Jurassic Journals. How cool is that? <laughs> That's sweet. Is it the guy that built the... No, never mind. Uh, all right, let's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough thermal paste in that uh, film to... <clears throat> Okay. All right, Alan. You're only looking at a foot. Oh, there you go. He hasn't Say the thing. It. There you go. Like old Voltron. I was one of those kids. 180 that... bucks for dude Voltron? It Are is you kidding me? Or it's not even original Voltron. It's a lot of Legos. Dude, I bet you that's 2,321 than... pieces. I bet you that's cheaper than the original Voltron one for Because I was one of those kids that no. didn't have the Voltron. I had to go over to my buddy's house to play with the Voltron. So I'm, I'm making up for that now. I had the Voltron, but it, was, it wasn't it was a Lego. It was the metal one with the, the tails one, that yeah. bent, and they locked into place. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This one actually assembles like that toy did, mm -hmm. and it's Lego. So it's significantly more fragile. <laughs> it's actually, it's no, it's surprisingly durable out for as legos go um oh, come on dude rotate the pictures like sideways and stuff it's it's a lot of freaking parts mm -hmm. and the thing's heavy like and it's like a foot and a half tall mm -hmm. like it's i mean look at this guy impressive. he's got his dvd rack in the back <laughs> see josh clearly, that's your buddy he's clearly oh yeah Modern, yeah. Can, anyway. This Voltron thing is really impressively engineered. Like it, when you clink them all together and form Voltron, it's very, it's super, super solid and sturdy. Yeah, hmm. I was yeah. not expecting it to be kind of that high quality. Ken was over, so we can do. Can it dance? And uh, he checked it out. Your cat it's, was it's, trying to knock over Voltron. It's the cat Voltron has knocked over Voltron a couple of times, and no pieces came off. So there you go. Cat's not trying hard enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lightweights. Anyway, it looks cool. I thought it was cool. It's just very well, like as you're as you're assembling my... it, you just kind of appreciate how they sort of engineered how the structure. Everything kind talking. of the way that all the pieces kind of overlap each other. It like they do it in a way now that like reinforces the thing, so it doesn't come apart. Your Voltron was twenty three hundred pieces. This yeah. Millennium Falcon is seventy five hundred pieces. Yeah, but it's eight hundred dollars. The cost is not the concern. Listen, my cost per brick is, is better than that. It is, the cost per brick was better, yes. <laughs> this is cost per detail. Oh, no, I get it. And that's Holy jeez. Is that the second is that the new one? Yeah, it's the ultimate collectors. Yeah. We saw this when we were in at uh, in Cologne. Cologne. Yeah. One of the what, we went by a Lego store and it had it. That's a lot of money. That's pretty cool. It's a lot. It is a lot of Lego. And it's definitely something that is impressive to like have, you know, on display. I've always thought it was funny when uh, the tested guys built the Super Star Destroyer. Yeah. They they built a... And the Death Star. And, and the Death Star. And they built it. Mm -hmm. And on, like they live streamed the build of it over however many weeks or whatever it was. Yeah. And then when they were done, they threw it up in the air. Oh, God. <laughs> they, they threw yeah. the Star Destroyer at the Death Star. <laughs> Shattered. And disassembled oh. both of them. Yeah. Oh. They eventually got reassembled, but... Yeah, but then yeah. you have to it, sort through yeah. two uh -huh. sets. But, but the, the shock value of seeing that happen on the live stream in the video yeah. is like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so all these Lego sets cheat, right? They come in individual bags that are numbered and the instructions. Yeah, yeah like, do. What you should have to do is what you should do. What I'm going to do for my kid is I'm going to take this set, 7,500 pieces, dump them all into You're a bin. You're just going to pour it all into one box it up and, and be say, like, here's a picture of the box. I think that's how you raise it. a serial killer. So <laughs> I, will, I will say uh, something that also impressed me. 
because I haven't really, you know, I mean, I do think I did the BB-8 a while back, but other than that, I don't have like a bunch of Lego, right? BB-8 wasn't that long ago, but that's uh, what, go ahead. whenever that came out, I got that, right? Mm -hmm, and that was a much smaller kit. Sure, sure. Right. Uh, there was only one. What was that Millennium I, Falcon Cussle Run thing? Uh, I don't know. There was only one moment while I was building uh, this thing that I thought I was missing pieces. Mm -hmm. And actually, they were just like hiding in a corner of one of the bags. Sure. Right. But so, like, I was just, you know, impressed that you put this thing together with all these pieces and you'd think that you'd be missing something. Like, right. Oh, crap. Right. But that wasn't the case. I, when I know. built my uh, X Wing and TIE Fighter, they were open box. Oh. And they were missing pieces. Oh. And I bet I Why had to. Why the hell would you buy an open box? Because it was like. Set. Instead of two hundred dollars, two fifty, it was like seventy five. Yeah, okay, right. But and so man. I was in college and I had nothing else to do. I wasn't studying Fair. or anything, right. And so <laughs> <clears throat> I had this, you know, this coffee table in front in the living room, and I would just build these things. And every like, I don't know, fifth day, uh -huh. I would come to a spot where I couldn't build anything else because I was missing something. Right. And what'd you do? You Lego has a number. And you call them and you say, and they like, they have this, a person answers the phone and says, what pieces are you missing? And they uh -huh. would just mail me pieces. I bet they did it 10 times. Did they eventually go, what the fuck are you doing with all no, these pieces? No, no. Never once did they ask. Never we once did they ask to charge me. Never, they, the fact they never charged me. And I wondered if it would be possible <laughs> to basically call up enough times to order every single the piece. Thing. <laughs> I'm missing pieces one through 50 and then next week call and say, I'm missing pieces 51 through 100. And uh, if you could do that, I mean, 7,300 pieces three is missing. Like yeah, I don't understand. So <laughs> no, but they were, they were very good with that. And wow. uh, I did end up completing it all, but it did make it take significantly. Significantly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you end up having extra pieces at the end? Because you just like... I don't oh, remember. You just like couldn't find the piece and like, ah, oh, it's probably missing. That's what I would No, feel like because they, like the stuff I no, had was had in bags. Allen keys yeah. for some reason. Oh, it was, it was clear was... that some bags were missing. Oh. Right. Okay. But... Okay. That makes it easier. Yeah, so it was... But you don't know exactly what was in the bag because the bags aren't... Right. Like, Correct. Or, sure. Yeah. And it's not always like... One bag makes one chunk or no. whatever, right? It will, yeah. yeah. So that was the case for this anyway, Voltron thing, though, because it was like about Lego. you'd have like a set of three bags would be like, but why? One of the pieces of the of the guy, right? One of the yep. one of the lines. All right, that's it. That's it for the show. PC Product slash podcast. Uh, go there, find our review of the RTX 2080 20 ATI on PC and we'll see you next week with another episode. Bye, everyone. This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Get $50 off select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and using promo code PCPer at checkout.